podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Across the Pond NBA Podcast, part of the Across the Pond Sports Network. Don't forget to check us out on social media and on our website, atpsports.net. Now over to your host of Across the Pond NBA Podcast, Ryan Doherty and Rory Mitchell. Hey, welcome back, folks, to another week of Across the Pond NBA podcast. We're joined by Rory as per usual. And I think our first quarter of this week, we're going to have a wee look over last week's kind of games. So, Rory, do you want to start this week or do you want me to start? Let's start, my man. We're here. We're, <laughs> we're, we're, I know you want to talk about your Los Angeles Lakers. But come on. That's what this so, whole show revolves around is the Lakers <laughs> and the Warriors and, you know. See, if you guys could see us just now, I mean, one of us is in the Lakers gear, and that's not me, so. <laughs> Listen, in Kobe we trust, RIP Mamba. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so we are going to talk a little bit about Lakers. So um, for our listeners from last week, you, you guys will remember me calling out the Lakers are going to go undefeated last week. I did throw a little hiccup in there and say the only team that I'm scared of them losing to is the OKC Thunder. And look what happens. The OKC Thunder come back from a 26-point deficit and beat the Lakers. Did you did you catch any of that game, Rory? I just saw the highlights and I saw when your 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 guy, your point guard, he got uh, ejected <laughs> from the game. You know, <laughs> this is this is the the thing that I will always say about any LeBron-led team. He he didn't play that game. But it's funny how the team looks like they run a little bit better because you have, how do I say this? There's no stationary pieces when he's on the court because he commands the ball. We already know what LeBron can do. But then, you know, AD, he went down where we thought like, oh my God, did, did he injure himself? I have him on fantasy. And I was like, I was looking at my fantasy team. Like, oh, <laughs> trade, trade, trade. Trade, trade, trade. Like I was hitting the panic button. But then, you know, he came back and he played and all this other crazy stuff. The thing is, is that this team, again, they need to find their sense of urgency quick to lose to teams like OKC, teams that you should be able to beat by like 10 to 15 points any given night. It's not no-no in my book, you know what I mean? But like I mentioned, I said this beginning, LeBron's going to take nights off, you know? The ankle, really? I thought his ankle was supposed to be good. I thought he was coming in top-tier shape. But now you're sitting out games. And it's going to be AD some weeks, you know? So you let me know. What's your take on the Los Angeles Lakers over there with your smiling face, my friend? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I knew. I, I knew this game was going to be the, the, the one that was probably going to trap them up, <clears throat> mainly for the fact that they've got history in this. And it's not just LeBron-led teams that have got history in this. I mean, we saw last week, Steph almost lost against OKC Thunder. And that's based on the fact that people get cocky. They get confident and they go, game's done. We're up by 20. Call it. Put in, put in the reserves. And the Lakers tried a bit of that, but they didn't. That really wasn't what cost them. What cost them was the fact that, as you were talking about there, Russ Westbrook, quadruple double. Do you know how he got a quadruple double? With turnovers. You know, 10 turnovers in one game, including him getting tossed out. It just sums up what Russ does really bring to a team when he's the main focal piece. You know, it, it doesn't doesn't fill me with great confidence, whatever team he's on, because he's got outbursts like this, where he can just totally destroy a game. And if you're going into your playoffs with Ross and your team, you better hope that you can keep him in check and that you can sub him off when, you know, when the time is right. He's going to, and the thing is with those outbursts, he can't do that. And this is what I'm saying about the alpha dog. Russell Westbrook is the alpha dog. Just wait. Him and LeBron, I expect them to collide head-to-head on that court it's just a matter of time and when it happens we're all going to be talking about it we're going to be back on this platform talking about it you know what I mean you know I like I said from what I've seen with LeBron not in the lineup the team plays better you know what I mean now they have that sense of purpose that collection but you can't I, I I feel like it may work it may not work but when it gets deeper into the season and they're gonna have to play half court sets what's it gonna look like there's going to be a lot of guys that are just be hanging around at the three-point line. They're going to be basket hanging. And LeBron's not the best shooter. AD's not the best shooter. Carmelo Anthony's bailing them out half of the time. So it should be very interesting to see, you know. But I'm, I'm rooting for Carmelo on the, on, the, on, the, on the side note there because I'd like to see him at least get his ring. But unfortunately, it may be in the Lakers uniform. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think you might get it. 
I mean, I think he's he's picked his right spot. You know, him with Portland, it, it worked for a, like a situational point to get back into the league. But I think he he really needed to go somewhere where his specific skill set was, you know, desperately, desperately required. And Portland, they have loads of three-point shooters. You know, Lakers, as, as we've talked about before, they are, you know, they're trying to develop these young guys into three-point shooters so that they can have their their more veteran elder statesmen be the guys that are setting them up. You know, so that's that'll be a, an interesting one to see how that progresses. But as we've said, you know, it's it's definitely looking from from our perspective that they're they're heading for a trade. You know, I, I can I can already see that down the roads, you know, Russ, as you said, is going to butt heads with LeBron. And we know who's going to win that one. You know, Russ is going to be out the door faster than you can say his name. And yeah. it's just, it's, it's a shame. But, you know, I, I just didn't, I don't think that the move was right. It, it may have been a, a situational piece just to, you know, get spirits up and get some of these other guys in. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Um. Another team that we, we talk about quite a lot, actually, um, after not talking about them right at the start of the season, the Celtics. So they, they played three games this week and they lost twice. You know, it's, it's not like that they had a tough schedule last week. They had one game against the Hornets, two games against the Wizards. Uh, they, they won against the Hornets in overtime and then they lost twice against the Wizards. And I, I watched the whole of the second game because I only seen parts of the first one. Um, but the second one was, was really interesting because they didn't have their, their main center. Um, Rob Williams, he was out, um, and Al Horford played a, a really big game. Um, he had four blocks. I think it was going into the third quarter, which is, you know, massive from Horford. Um, not a lot of points, but his spacing was really key for keeping them into that game um, because they just weren't shooting well. They went zero from 19 from three-point range until they made a three. That is... You know, you got a question, your coaching and how they're setting up plays. If you're going to, you know, the, near the end of the third and you've still not made a three, why are you still taking them? You know, you, you have to you have to try and get the points the way you can. And if you, the, the shots just aren't falling from three, stop taking them. You know, Boston, and we, we said it the last episode, you know, Jason Tatum now is the guy over there. And if you can't produce wins... They're sitting currently a, what, two, two and four, right? And you say to yourself, "Is your season just started. It's six games in. It is what it is. But there's games where I'm looking at these guys and I'm like, you guys have a playoff team. But what's going to make you guys play better? Like, if you want to be talked about in the East and you want to be kind of one of the powerhouses, you know, I think they're one of the teams that are falling short. You got to win certain games. You got to string certain games together, you know? When you're playing teams like Charlotte and you're playing teams like the Pacers, those are games that I feel like if those were a seven-game series that start tomorrow, Boston should be able to win those series. But when you're playing these close games with those teams, it makes me wonder and say, is, Mm-mm, those teams are going to sneak up on you. You see, what's happening with the NBA right now is a lot of these younger teams right now early in the season are hungry, right? So the hungrier they get, the more they're going to want to play, you know? Talk about Washington. Washington's a very young team, but they got veteran leadership. I like what they're doing. They're going to be there. But teams like Boston, I'm like, get it together. And then eventually, like we said, we might see Jason Tatum in a Lakers uniform. (laughs) When it happens, I'm probably done watching basketball. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's it's really strange. I mean, I just, I, I really feel for their coach, the coach just seems a little bit out of his depth just now. It seems like every kind of play he sets up, it doesn't go exactly right. And it doesn't seem like he knows how to fix them. Like their their whole overtime, uh, their double overtime loss to the Wizards was focused around the fact that they just couldn't get shots off near the end of clocks. And they finished the game. They had seven, I think it was around about seven and a half seconds, eight seconds to get a three off, which they needed to tie the game. And they didn't even shoot the ball. You know, that, that's that's bad. You know, when you've got three people touching the ball and not one of them thinks, I better throw this up at some point soon. And it wasn't like, oh, it's some of the role players. You had Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Al Holford, Dennis Schroeder, all touching the ball and not one of them were like, ah, I better shoot this. You know, nothing, absolutely nothing. So it's 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 a strange one there. Um, going into the next team, we'll have a wee chat about just now. Um, Portland Trailblazers. I didn't expect to talk about them. Um, today, but after watching some of their games last week, 
I'm really concerned what's actually going on there. I, I don't I don't see what their plan is. You know, Lillard looks like he's injured. You've got McCollum not shooting his best, and Nurkic, I mean, he's doing his business, but he's only getting like 25 minutes a night. That's it's not enough. You know, I mean, he's not injured anymore. Give him more minutes. He's their best big man. The Portland Trailblazers are like the Boston Celtics of the of the East. There's no identity there, and they have to blow it up now, right, Brian? They got to blow it up. Yeah. I think when I, when I say blow it up, trade every valuable piece that you have and start from scratch. They're in a very similar OKC type of scenario and situation, right? Find a different home for Dame Lillard. Find a different home for CJ. Nurkic, he's not the healthiest of guys, so, you know, what do you do there? But you have to come to a realization. It's a small marketed team. Yes, they've get they've gotten playoff time and things like that. But I think it has to come to a close. Some players need some new homes. Dame Lillard is is over there in purgatory for the last however many years. You know, <laughs> 2019, they got swept by the Golden State Warriors. They could have probably went to the finals that year also, too. They probably could have. But, you know, when I think about it. You know, Dame Lillard needs a new home. CJ needs a new home. He's not even the most healthiest. So it's like, pick it up, pack it up, and, and ship it out. You know, Chauncey Billups, it's great to see him be a coach, but come on now. You, you can't coach guys that don't seem like they know what their identity is, know if they want to play or not. You know what I mean? So, like, Dame Lillard, there's, there's a lot of valuable options. Dallas? <laughs> that team over in Dallas? But Yeah, or, you know. Uh, you know. <laughs> As, as we say pretty much every week when there's a point guard in the radar, Philly. Philly makes the most, the most sense. <laughs> it makes the most sense. They got the most youth as, uh, assets that they can go pick up, you know what I mean, and things like that. But, uh, yeah, like, you know, it, it's sad to see because I like Dame Lillard. I like this, this playing style. I like his grit, his heart, his Dame time. But it seems like we're in the time warp now, you know. Is he doing it on purpose? Is he doing his James Harden impression impersonation <laughs> from last year? You know what I mean? But uh, new home, new home. It's going to be hard to deal that hefty contract, though. You know, you have three big oh, yeah. contracts over there. So it's going to be hard to find the right suitors, you know, for, for the right playing and things like that. Oh, definitely, definitely. But uh, as we say, you know, we, we still are waiting to find out what's going to happen with Ben Simmons. And it seems like the more this was on, it seems like the more options that Philly just seem to be picking up on, you know, these, these teams that you thought were going to be perennial playoff teams and in and around the play-in games and stuff like that, they're really faltering and they're, they're main stars. They're going to look around for a way out. And if, you know, if Philly come calling, there's, there's very big possibilities there. You know, I'd like to see it too, but it's like, is it, is it a lateral move? I feel like it's a lateral move. So what Ben Simmons goes over to Portland what goes over to Philly, you know, is it CJ, is it Dame? It makes a big splash for headlines, you know what I mean? Dame Lillard in Philadelphia under Doc Rivers, a, a, a Hall of Fame coach, you know? Yeah. Something to see, but, you know? Oh, yeah. I feel like we do a lot of, we do a lot of fantasy bookings of where we want to see these players go because we know what they can do any given night, you know? But it's like, if you're, if you're going to be playing on a team that you, you seem like you're not going anywhere, like what, what? What happens after that? You know? Oh yeah, yeah. But I think I think if if Philly do get that one main point guard, I think they they can definitely you know challenge for that that kind of final spot in the East. I think that's that's really what's been missing since um you know they 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 were playing against the Raptors. If they just had that one extra key piece that could give them that extra 10, 15 points, scoring outburst just at any point in the fourth. That that those games go a different way, you know. That Kawhi Leonard doesn't hit that shot where it bounces like eight times around the rim and goes in because he doesn't need to because the game's over. Well, I'll say this: look at all the Doc Rivers Doc Rivers teams that he's led to playoffs, starting with the Celtics. You know what I mean? You had KG, you had Paul Pierce, you had you know Ray Allen and Rondo. Who was your big pieces there? The the team was built around the big three. Then you look at you look at uh, Los Angeles. You know he he had the team built around a big three. Is there really a big three in Philadelphia? There's one. There's Joel Embiid, 
But the thing is, he's not the most healthiest also, too. Like, he goes down with an injury, it's game over. We, do, we don't know when he can come back. You know, he played with a, a slight, what, torn meniscus last year. And I know it affected him. But this is now okay. where you got to have Mr. Ben Simmons step up. But if Ben Simmons can't hit a jump shot, like, you get him all in practice. You can hit him in the offseason. <laughs> But it comes to the NBA and you can't hit them. Like, like I don't get it. You know what I mean? I, and when I saw people were tweeting on, they're like, oh, my God, Ben Simmons is shooting all the jump shots. I'm like, let it transition to the basketball. <laughs> I have not seen this man hit one jumper. I see the fadeaways on the baseline. I'm like, okay, he looks great. But you still got to play the game. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> stop, stop playing 2K. I mean, 2K is really realistic these days. It could have just been 2K. All those videos might just be 2K and we just all rely to. The, the ISO motion cap of 2K, that's what it looked like. <laughs> like, who's this? Who's this stunt double over there? <laughs> um, just uh, touching on one last team, and the Bills finally lost a game. It was a game that I didn't really see them lose neither. It was against the Knicks. Um, it, was, it was pretty convincing um, powerhouse play by the Knicks, actually. They were running out to 15, 20-point leads. And it took until the fourth where the Bulls really got back into it and they built it down to just just a one point win for the Knicks. But you know, I didn't I didn't expect that. Did, did you see the Knicks knocking off the Bulls? Well, the Knicks have a defensive minded team under Thibodeau. You look at all the Thibodeau coach teams. You know, great on defense, but they're gonna burn out because you need offense, right? So I expect them to shut down the Bulls when they play them. You know, the Bulls have a very strong wing presence. My only hiccup to to the Chicago is. Watch Zach Levine. I know I believe he has a torn ligament. I believe it's in his thumb or his finger, and he's still playing with that, which I'm like, oh boy, you know what I mean? Because this is my team. This is my dark horse. This is my surprise team, you know? So I don't, again, it's early. So it's like, it's hard to gauge. But this, I see this as a playoff matchup. I feel like that might be a playoff matchup. That could be the four and five in this year's playoff, right? Maybe three and six, depending on how you look at it, however the coin, the coin flips, you know? So, Chicago, I think seven game series, Chicago can get the better of the edge because I don't think the Knicks have enough scoring to match up against what, what Chicago can put on the field. Yeah, I mean, obviously as well, after three or four games of a series, New York are usually burnt out. I mean, it took them what, one game last series against the Hawks, and that was them. They just literally shot their loads and couldn't do anything because all their guys have played like 39 minutes consistently every single game for the full season and then try to do a playoff run. It's just, you know, Tibbs really needs to sort out when he needs to think about how he's spacing out these minutes. They don't have, the Knicks don't have that, that player that I can look and say, yo, he's going to put, you're going to put the game on his back and he's going to win. Now, here's the thing. You put a Dame Lit over there. Now we have a different conversation, but then you think Dame goes over to New York. You've blown up your team a lot, Right. So who's going to be those guys? Like you need a one-two punch in the NBA. Maybe a, three, a, third, a third person to come off the bench. Is it, is it Julius Randle? We know what he can do. We know what RJ Barrett can do, but I don't feel like those guys are going to be able to put the team on their back right now. Julius Randle, for me personally, yes, he's a star player on the Knicks, but he's more of a supportive role on any other team. You know what I mean? And supporting role characters don't necessarily – have the ability to produce the, the 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 right amount of points when they get to when they get down to the stretch and things like that. So that's why I feel is going to be the Achilles heel of this team. Close games, they're going to lose. Like when you played Atlanta last year, Atlanta's got Atlanta's got scores all over the court. They'll be able to match and break down that defense. All you got to do is just chip away at that armor, and eventually they're defenseless. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I like the fact that Kemba. I don't know if you've seen much Kemba since he's been back, but. Kemba's looking a bit like Lil Kemba now. You know, he's he's got that swagger and step, and he's he's shown out the fact that the, that last season was just the fact that injuries were catching up to him and stuff. He took obviously a lot of time off for the Celtics. Didn't play pretty much any of the playoffs. I don't think did he. Um, and then now he's he's starting to get back into it. And he's had a, a couple of big outbursts in in New York, and he's he's gotten over the hump in a couple of games. So it's it's good to see from Kemba. Love that you say that, but I feel like it goes down to when you went over to uh, to Boston, you have Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. He was kind of like that fourth option. But now you you put Kemba Walker up against Jason Tatum, you already know it's a day and night difference. So you kind of shrink in smaller scenarios and situations. 
for Kemba now, this is where you basically bring back when you were on the Bobcats, when you were that guy. You know, yeah, you played for the Bobcats, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like when you play for the Bobcats, it's like you can now be that dude where we know you can be 30 and 40. He catches, if he catches heat, you know, there's conversations at one point in time where is Kemba? Kemba was a top, what, top five, top six guard when he was over playing for the for the Bobcats and things like that. So we'll see. He's he's just got to stay healthy. Health is health is wealth in this league. You know. <laughs> uh, I think that leads us quite nicely into our second quarter this week. So in our second quarter, we're going to talk a little bit about some injuries that have kind of came out over the last week or so. Um, some of the big ones that have kind of hit me, I'm kind of surprised at, is uh, Chris Przingis. After his good play in the preseason, and he started in the OK season, he's out with a sore back just now. No one really knows how bad it is. You know, um, the Dallas Mavericks, as we know, we keep everything very close to our chest. Um, it'd be interesting to find out when he comes back. I, I really need him back in the next couple of weeks because uh, some big, big matchups in my fantasy coming up. But um, I'm just hoping that we, we see more of the Chris Stapps from preseason, mainly for the fact that I don't want his kind of tenure in Dallas just to run out in a case of, you're kind of Dennis Smith Jr. of, yeah, he started all right, then he got injured, and then we just kind of held him out for a little bit until he got traded. Back injury so early in the season, it's not a good look. Sorry to say it, but it's really not a good look. And we're talking to a guy that had ACL injury. Now you're back. What's the, what's the severity of the back injury? You know, you're, you're the biggest piece alongside Luca on that team. You know what I mean? So – if you're Mark Cuban and you're the Dallas Mavericks, what do you do? You know what I mean? Do you do you try to go out there and get maybe get some role players, figure it out? I I don't know if they have trade assets. Porzingis is probably your only trade asset, but you trade away an injured player, you're going to be getting back crumbs. You know what I mean? So so it's unfortunate scenario over there. You know what I mean? And when you're riddled with injuries half of your career, like this was supposed to be that dude. You know, and it's it's quite unfortunate to see that this is still happening. I always say, oh, like, yeah. what's their what's the off season conditioning looking like? I always want to tap into that. Coming from the health and fitness space, what are these guys doing in the off season? And I'm telling you, Ryan, it's improper training. It's not really taking your training seriously to be having back injuries or, you know, I get it, finger ligaments getting torn. That happens because you can't control that. But like your back, it's a major piece of your body, like. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I think, um, in in my mind, I kind of, I kind of, I, I don't understand how these guys play at such a high level for so long either. Mainly for the fact that, like, all the injuries we're going to talk about just now, pretty much are all big men. We've got Przingis, uh, Gafford. I don't know if you've seen him. He he went down with a quad injury. Um, I, I'm shocked because apparently he's coming back um tonight. Um, according to the coach, um, coach Unseld. But the other day, like literally about four or five days ago, he couldn't put any weight on his on his leg. He had to be carried off the court. And he's gonna come back because, you know, the Wizards, you know, are in a real tough position just now and they only have Montrez Harrell. And you're like, you can't put a young guy like that back in the court when you know he's not gonna be right. I remember playing summer league and first play of the game, there was a tip off and Buddy grabbed him on baseline. And I don't know why I tried to jump so early in the game. It's 0-0. And I took a knee to the quad. And Ryan, I was done for the rest of the game. So I know what that feels like. That's an, it's a contusion, right? Now, through rolling it out and proper ice and not really doing anything, I was good to come back within about a week or so. But it's like, what are we, what are, what are coaches doing? Like, and when I think about Washington, it's like, you have the players like Kyle Kuzma can play the small forward power forward position. You know, the only person's name I haven't heard in Washington is, is, uh, is Rui. Like where, where's, where's he at? Again, he's, he's apparently messing with different little niggles and stuff. Like that. We, we don't, we, we thought he was going to come back last week, but there's still not really kind of clear updates on when he's going to actually be back. Give Kyle Kuzma all the clock. Then give him the clock. Give him, <laughs> give, him, give him the keys to the Ferrari because I'll tell you right now, he's on my fantasy team and he's doing <laughs> So the basketball gods are working for my basketball team. But it's, it's unfortunate <laughs> he's that, that my, my friend there is injured. But Kyle yeah. Kuzma, put him in the lineup. He can play 35 <laughs> minutes a night. Let's go. Of course, of course. And um, the last two, well, actually, two of the last three we're going to talk about, again, are big men, both with leg contusions. Uh, Jokic and Nate both went down with leg contusions. 
Um, I was pretty surprised that Jokic played the next game because he came out very early doors that, that game he went down on. Um, again, Malone, he's a he's a hard taskmaster, and we, we know he's always been like that, especially when he had like the likes of Paul Millsap. Millsap, as we know, when he was at uh, Nuggets, he was he was banged up quite a bit, but he just kept playing through it, and Malone would just keep putting him out there. You know, it didn't really matter what was wrong with him. But Paul, you're back out again. You've had a minute, sit down, go back out there, and I don't know if you're the MVP of the league. You know, the the only guy that's in Denver, the really that's kind of firing on all cylinders just now. You need to, you know, you need to think about the long game here, and I just I don't think that uh, Malone's actually thinking about that. When he took the the knee to his to the inside there, I was like, that look that looked brutal. You know what yeah. I mean? And I went straight to Twitter. And people were like, Yo, is that his ACL? Is that his MCL? Is that PCL? And I'm like, if it's any one of those, shut it down. <laughs> just, just shut it down because, trust me, I've I've nicked my knee, and sometimes you're like, yeah, I'm good. You know what I mean? And it's it's like again, Denver, a team that's a contender in some people's eyes, but to get these early season injuries are going to come down when it comes down later on in the season. It's going to hamper. It's going to hamper a lot. And you got to think about it. We don't know the status of when Jamal Murray comes back. You know, and when Jamal Murray comes back, Jamal Murray actually is going to take a lot of pressure off of Jokic. You know what I mean? So it's like you can obviously rest him in and out and this and that, but he's coming off of ACL. We don't know what that's what that's going to look like also too, you know? So oh, I yeah. say basketball has one of the most, is what, probably one of the, the, the most sports with the most riddled injuries. You can get injured on any given time. It can be your shoulder, it can be your finger, it can be your quad, it can be your buttocks, it can be your Achilles, it can be your ankle, wrist, nose eyes ears mouth and nose i don't know yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna get down but there's just so much that you can get injured right it's it's, it's yeah 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 that's why i had to get out just, of the game man <laughs> you, you could just be al horford and just be called old and be sat out for two months <laughs> um so the last big man we're going to talk about just now is gender Ayton. um again he's out with a leg contusion um Although I think Phoenix are playing a bit more smart and they're they're thinking about holding him out for a little bit just to make sure he's right. I mean, that's definitely the better con- consideration there, especially considering that um, Phoenix, again, they, they got Jamal McGee in the offseason, but they got one big man. They didn't get two. That, that's literally all they have. They got Jamal McGee and they've still got Frank the Tank. They have no depth again. So I, I really do worry about what Phoenix is going to do over the next couple of games. It'll be interesting to see how Javel McGee slots into the kind of pick and roll with Chris Paul. And it's one I'm going to pay a bit closer to attention to. Well, it works for them in the long run. You already know their 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 aspirations is championship or bust in Phoenix right now. You know what I mean? So again, very weird in the offseason. They didn't get another big man. Maybe because they, they like to play that small ball type of aspect. I feel like adding to the pick and roll. That's going to be lobs because development he can catch anything that comes to the rim and throw it down. You know what I mean? So they should be okay. They should be okay. They'll be still because I feel like it's you didn't really lose much. Like you you lost a good rim protector, a guy that's a better score than Javel McGee, but you do have the rim protector that's going to be able to average some uh, defensive, you know, blocks and things like that also too. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, we're just in apparently. Um, Joel uh, Joel Embiid had a scan uh, on his on his knee, etc. It's came back clear, so good news for one big man out of, out of the big men we're talking about there. Is um, it the same knee with the with the MCO? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's oh, came back clear, so that's uh, that's that's good news. So um, let me let me say this real quick. I'm, I'm going to say something that's going to sound crazy. When he tears his ACL. And, and, not, and this is not a prediction, but when when he goes to tear his his ACL, we're gonna really look back at the injuries because notice with Kawhi, Kawhi's quad was always an issue, and then eventually ACL is gone. They these I I, I would love I would just love to be able to maybe this is something we can even search for is bring one of these these strength and conditioning coaches onto this platform to really just talk about what they're doing in the in the behind the scenes because i feel like there's not enough care on the superstars you know what i mean if you're in the off season and you're injured get the surgery do the cleanup procedure and i rather this is what i would rather do if i knew i had an mcl strain or tear get it fixed sit out if i need to sit out for 
half of the season, I settle for half the season. But at least let me be good to go back for playoffs. You know what I mean? Don't just sit around with it and you do training here today and you may go party and travel and do whatever else. But you really have to think about the importance of your health. You know what I mean? And it makes me wonder, is like, dude, some of these owners, some of these, you know, look at it to where these players are just another number. It's like a statistic at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it shows how good care the, the Warriors have really t- uh, treated Steph Curry. You know, the amount of injuries he had on his ankle, um, early doors, and it took for that. I can't remember what, his, what the trainer's name was. But until he came in, they couldn't fix him. And then suddenly they got this trainer in and they, they made sure that he spent all his time with Steph. And, you know, look at him now. You know, he very rarely uh, turns his ankle. And even if he does, he's only out for maybe two or three games. And, you know, he's back up on it. The amount of, the amount of preparation, if you ever um, go and see some of these games and you, you go a little bit early to see all their warm-ups, Steph, uh, LeBron, uh, I'm trying to think who else does that as well. Um, Al Horford does a lot of stretching and stuff as well when I, when I went and seen him in, uh, in Boston. But the amount of stuff that these guys do, instead of, you know, spending their time shooting hoops or, you know, chatting to their friends, shooting around, these guys are on the court, making sure they're stretching out, getting everything warmed up properly. And I'm not sure if a lot of these young guys actually take that in consideration. Look at some of the most durable guys in the league, guys that don't necessarily get injured a lot and, and, and duplicate their process and their systems. And I get it with LeBron getting, you know, up, rolled up underneath with the ankle. That was a freak accident. But LeBron's never really been injured in his whole entire career. You know what I mean? Just last year we saw that. You know, I look at other guys like at one point in time, you could say about like DeMar DeRozan, guys that really take care of their body. Those are the guys that you want to get alongside. Look at somebody like Giannis. That's why Giannis bounced back so quick. They said that he spent time working on his lower extremities, right? So it's about putting the work in in the off season because when the regular season starts, it's go. And if you get injuries to like your back or your hamstring or your quad, that's going to linger all season long because you can't rehab it. You can, you can try to rehab. It. You can go through all the massage therapy treatment, all the stretching, you know, and things like that. So that's why like, and another thing I want people to really kind of take in consideration, look at Steph Curry's progress in the league. He's now physically, he looks physically like stronger, right? Because you know the wear and tear that you got to put on your body running through screens, you know, guys really trying to take you every time you go to shoot because <laughs> those are like atomic bombs from like half court when you shoot them, right? So you always have to really just be mindful of your body and the system because it's the most important component, you know? You know how it oh, is yeah. for us. If we roll our ankle right now, it's, 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 it's game <laughs> two, over for two, us. Two, two to three weeks. <laughs> exactly, two to three weeks. I'm, I'm laid up, I'm good. <laughs> I'm working from home. Uh, i think that leads us nicely into i say leads us nicely into um actually we're going to talk a little bit the fines that have been going about so far and the season's really young you know we're talking five six games for most teams and you know we've had two big players fined already Uh, i don't think kd got fined for throwing the ball on the stands um, after he got fouled um, on his way to the basket now, it wasn't like, a, it wasn't, it was obviously an intentional foul, but it wasn't like an aggressive foul, but he literally took that ball and threw it, you know, it's probably still traveling, you know, when he went that hard. Cupcake did that? Yeah. <laughs> really? Cupcake showing, did that? Showing, showing a bit of emotion. You know, it's funny, if you, if you show all that emotion, you know, and, and really play the game of basketball and not be Mr. Twitter fingers with the burner accounts, you know, maybe they'd be in a better position and things like that, so... Don't do dumb things. You won't have a dumb result. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other one that uh, I was quite surprised that he got fined for this, but Trey Young got fined for bumping into a ref. Um, this was a weird, it was a weird play. He, he went to the basket. He tried a little kind of fall away floater thing. Didn't get a foul for it, obviously, because of the new foul rules. And he obviously looked around the referee and on his way back around the referee, he bumped into him. Now, it looks a bit innocuous, but when you watch it again and again and again, there's no need for him to be anywhere near that ref, you know? Ref called him for a tee, and obviously it got turned into a fine. It, obviously, it kind of it, it went into the fact that uh, Trey 
uh, after the game also called out some refs and said that they were still learning the new rules, etc. So it's a bit, you know, a wee bit risky for him going down that route. Um, does he does he not realize that 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 team is in playoff contention <laughs> and you're calling out the refs? So when the playoffs come around, they remember this. I've, listen, I've anybody that's listening to this and they have their kids playing sports and nobody that's playing sports never jaw jack the ref because the ref can dictate the outcome of the game, right? I've seen it playing at all levels of playing basketball. A call doesn't go your way, and the ref will say, "Okay, cool." You're not going to get no calls from me. <laughs> and no matter what you do, they'll start calling against you. You know, so Trey Young should watch that. It's, I guess he likes to play the enemy role. You know what yeah. I mean? I guess it's a fun <laughs> thing. It's the cute thing to do. You know, you're, you're, you're doing the, the shimmy shake in, in Madison Square Garden in front of Spike Lee. And it's just like, would you have done that in, in the days of Charles Oakley, Patrick Ewing, and John Starks? <laughs> no, you would not have because well, they would have had something to say to you. <laughs> He'd be shaking, but not because of that, anyway. No, Char- listen, Charles Oakley would have Charles Oakley would have grabbed him and said, "What's up?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, come on, man! I tell you, the NBA is the NBA is hilarious because these guys get away with some things, and it's like none of these guys are going to take a swipe at you because the league's different now. There's no enforcers out there. Guys are not really going. They're going to step in your face, and you might have a little bit of a pushing match and things like that, but. Not like back in the nineties, you know how nineties. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All this, all if that was the Bad Boy Pistons, Bill Lambeer, <laughs> and all those guys would have snatched him out there. <laughs> oh, I just, I'd love to see what he did to Rodman. You know, just, just, just pair him up and see who he takes one on one with Rodman. Rodman and Trey Young. I don't give Trey Young one basket. <laughs> I really don't. None. A lot of these players right now, I'll tell you this: a lot of these players in the league right now would not survive in that era. That era yeah. was like, if you remember, I don't know if you, you watched The Last Dance, right? And you hear yeah, what yeah, Jordan yeah. was talking about. Like, every time Jordan used to go for a layup, they were throwing Jordan to the ground. Like, it's just how it is, you know? Yeah. And obviously, the NBA has to get, you know, just to be more tasteful, palatable, and things like that. But uh, yeah, Trey Young should watch it, though, man. <laughs> playoffs, are, playoffs are a few months away, but like, that, all that stuff's going to come back to you, you know? Yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be tapes. We know, I mean, um, I know for myself that um, I, I, as a ref myself, I, I I watch some game tapes and stuff, and these kind of things will be getting talked about. And because he's already been fined for it, you do it one more time, you're going to get suspended. You know, and um, well, nice that kind of nicely leads us into a bit of a kind of throwback because now we're going to talk about the NBA city uniforms because a lot of them are throwbacks to the early nineties, early eighties, and I've got a bit of a kind of tier list. And they're going to have me talk through with Rory to see if he agrees or disagrees with my tier list. So the ones I, I really like the look of, I mean, the top of the top, I would say Toronto is, is, is the best, you know. It's, it's just so, it's clean. It's nice, clean. I know it's, it's very similar to the white one that Kyle Lowry wore in his victory parade, but I just like the fact that it's nice, it's clean. It's, it's, it's not the same as what they used to have, you know, that's, it's just nice. Where's my newspaper? See, this is when you said Toronto. I knew you were going to start with Toronto. <laughs> it looks cool, but the thing is, so I'll tell you a lot of people this. The, the colors of the black and gold represents the whole OVO, Drake's brand, things like that. So they look cool, but I'll be honest, like looking at how they'll probably do the court because they'll do like OVO nights. They haven't really done it because of like obviously the pandemic and stuff like that. Like the court looks I know I'll probably get some heat for saying this. It looks a little atrocious because the black and gold, it can be a little overwhelming, right? So when you see the Raptors, if they're going to wear that on the road, cool. But like, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of black and gold like that. So it's like, it's a cool jersey. But for me, I... Fair enough, fair enough. I mean, I think I felt the kind of same and I might be in the, the kind of minority with the, the Brooklyn Nets bed stew ones from the last couple of seasons. Whenever they wore them at home, they used to do their court a certain way, and it was like an off gray. And I remember trying to watch that. I'm like, this hurts my eyes. It actually hurts my eyes trying to watch this game because of the way they've set up the court to go with their jerseys. You know, it shouldn't be like that. It should be nice to see. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. The the next one, the next one uh, we'll have a chat. At. Um, the Suns one, the same as last year. I, I don't disagree with that. I like that one from last year. Uh, and the T Wolves one. This is the, this is probably my top three. The T the T Wolves one is really nice, mainly for the fact it's just vintage KG. You know, 
whenever I see that top, I just think KG. That's it. They, I would love to see them. Like, I don't like the uh, the newer jerseys that they have, but this jersey is like, I like this. It looks just like my KG jersey that I have hanging in my in my closet, right? And you know, that's a cool one. I'm, I'm just waiting to see what else you have on your list because I feel like you're missing. Something. <laughs> yeah, some I mean, cooler ones the, out there. Yeah, the last the last two and um, the last two are really like the Atlanta one with the yellow hawk. That is, you know, it's, it's nice. nice. I, yeah. I like that. It's it's very different. You know, it's 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 very out there. So I like that. And um, the the Charlotte one, I like the fade on it. It's it's cool. It it obviously has the kind of highs at the top, and then kind of cool, goes down with the kind of normal Charlotte colors. Um, that's kind of my top tier ones. So how, how, much do you think is, how much are the Hornets paying you for for saying that? Because <laughs> you 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 know I'll say this: you're like James of Utah. You're always bringing up Utah. He's always bringing up Utah, and then you're bringing up the Hornets. Like, are you on the payroll? Are you on the payroll? I wish. I wish. I wish. <laughs> okay. Have um, you got any others that you want to put in the top tier of 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 uh, of, of strips? I would. That Miami one looks nice. Oh, I, I, I would just... wear that personally. I like that. Nice summertime. So... Summertime. summertime. <laughs> are you are you secretly a serial killer that you want to send messages to the post or something like? Because you're you know they cut out some letters from random magazines, stuck it on their jersey. You know that's that's what it reminds me of. I don't well, think that's nice. I'm so, looking. I'm looking at them right now in real time, and I see the Miami and the the Orlando one is kind of the exact same. It's like they have the same designer pattern. Yeah, yeah. And things yeah. like that. But no, the Miami jersey is cool. That black jersey is nice. That's that's a nice summer. Like I'd wear that summer shorts. You know, patio, going for a walk on the beach, even if you're in Miami. So that'd be a nice a nice color to wear. A nice Tyler Hero. You know, yeah, hero <laughs> yeah. on the back of that. You know, you know, I, I think, I think, I just, I, I just, uh, I don't, I'm quite critical of that because I like their older ones. I like the one, the probably the last year of D Wade. You know, the kind of the fluorescentness, the black mm-hmm. and fluorescent. I thought that was really nice. Um, and I've got like both last uh, fluorescent ones, the the pink and blue, and the the bright blue one. So I've got, I've got mm-hmm. both of those. So, um, both with Jimmy Butler, obviously, because you know, why would I get anyone else? Yeah. Um, but, and that Golden yeah. State one, the Golden State one is yeah. pretty is pretty nice too. Yeah, I had that in my kind of my second tier. That was mm-hmm. like the kind of the all right, but maybe I wouldn't go out and purposely pick it up. So mm-hmm. in that kind of tier, I had the the Golden State one at the top, and Portland. I like that because it's just kind of a nice throwback to Bill Walton. It's just you know it's that kind of style of yeah. This is this is when we actually competed for things and we actually had a sense of identity. That's a that's a nice one. Um, the Utah one hasn't changed. You know, it's it's very very standard. I had the Orlando one in there, as you said. I like mm-hmm. I like that. It's a bit different. It's like combining the last two looks together, so it's it's quite cool. Um, and the one that was quite surprised at, I didn't think I was gonna like this one, but as I look at it more, I actually like it more. And um, it's Celtic one. You know, it's it's. I just I feel like pretty much every city Celtic jersey for the past like three years has been the same. This is a little bit different. It's more of a kind of outline than they have the kind of block capitals of their of Boston or Celtics or a version of that or the one that mm-hmm. had last year. And it was Boston Celtics. I was like, right, you you've just now taken both last years and put them together. You yeah. got to do some different. So this yeah. is a little bit different. I like it. The it's so funny you say that because I'm looking at the Spurs one. The Spurs one from like a quick glance reminds me of the vancouver grizzlies jersey so i don't know what they're trying are they trying to like show us something are they telling us something it's that's their it's their um their disco night type thing um they had this yeah they had this like um a couple of years ago where they had like a, a funky color of jersey Um, i don't know why they're throwing back to that because it was, really wasn't that long ago they weren't relevant then they were just all right um but I, I quite like that jersey when it was out and so this is a bit of a throwback to that um, but yeah, I've I've got two that I'm just telling. Shield your eyes, kids. You don't want to watch these. You don't want to see these. If you buy them, you've you've always been gifted from a really really bad relative who just doesn't like you. Um, do you want to have a stab at maybe one of the two that I put here? I'll take a guess. I've never been a fan of the Houston Rockets jersey. I don't like it. I don't. I don't mind this. It's, it's not actually that bad. I just think it's very. It's very standard. It's very boring. You know, I wouldn't say it's yeah. shield your eyes, but it's, it's quite boring. I get. I give you that. So what's the shield your eyes one? The Cavs one. 
you know, <laughs> just just look at that. It is a monstrosity in my eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you've got the you've got the roulette wheel on the cuffs. You've got Circe in the middle. You know, it, it looks like one of these train tops that someone's just said, "Oh, they want a New Jersey." Oh, we've got this line around. Yeah, give them that. Give them that. That'll do. <laughs> it's just not good. It is so bad. And I, I feel bad for saying it because I actually, when I was in Cleveland, they had loads of like retro jerseys and stuff like that in their stores and they're quite cool. This is just, it's not caught up to the mustard, you know. It needs to be, it needs to be changed. Ditch it, start again, you know. And the other one, I'm like, I thought it was okay at first. Then I looked at it again and I was like, nah, they've gave up. They, they gave up halfway through it. That Washington one, they start off with design and then they just got halfway down. They're like, that'll do. We've got two stripes, that'll do. You know? What why bother putting stripes on it? Make it a pattern, make it something. Their their district jerseys are actually nice. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's nice, but the yeah, kind of white the white one. That's 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 cool. Yeah. yeah, the white one. And they have the they have the the black one also too. Like yeah, yeah. some of these jerseys, like I'm looking at like what would I wear? Like I I'd wear, <laughs> I'd wear the Miami one, the New York one's kind of cool. I like that actually, yeah. like the dark look. But other than that, I don't really know if there's any because there's some bright colors. Like we mentioned, the uh, the Golden State one's nice. The Clippers one, I'm not wearing that color. No. <laughs> and like it's, the Clipper one is just the Clippers one from like four seasons ago. That's all it is. <laughs> they got nothing. lazy. They got really, really lazy with some of these, right? So <laughs> the Detroit one's nice too, but. Yeah, yeah, I love red's my favorite color, but I don't wear red like that, so it's a very subtle color for me, you know. Yeah, like do, you, do you know? Right, out of those ones, there, there's only one that I would probably never, ever, ever wear apart from the, obviously the Cavs one. Is it's the Dallas one? I don't like it, I don't like that green, I don't like the white, I just don't think it goes well, you know. And it just, it's yeah, it is too basic. It's as a saying looks like a training top and it looks like they've just they couldn't bother to make up a new design i i thought that they were going in the right direction after their ridiculous city one from a couple of years ago where it was all what comic sans and graffiti etc and last mm-hmm. season they had the, the the gold the gold dallas thing that was that was quite cool that was a mm-hmm. nice understated jersey this one it seems like again they're, they're throwing it back to obviously kind of early 80s that, that kind of style of era but it's just it's not nice no, absolutely. Right, folks, that's that's our first half. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. All right, folks, welcome back to our second half. So kicking off our third quarter this week in the hot seat. So out of the very, very short period of time watching these coaches in their supposed new jobs, um, there's a few that I picked out that I think that might be a bit in the hot water. And the ones that I've kind of picked out, um, Rick Carlisle. In Indiana, how do you think he's got off so far? Well, isn't Indiana not supposed to be a team that's a playoff team, but they sit one in six? Yep. Whatever happened to the TJ Warrens of the world in the bubble when he was putting up like 50 some odd points? You know what I mean? And, yep. and, and what they've got, again, another organization that I feel like has their highs, but when they have their lows, they're all the way down at the bottom, you know, and Rick, Rick Carlisle, man, that's a, that's, that's a Hall of Fame coach in my eyes, right? Yeah, yeah. But are your players there? Are your players wanting to show up? Oh, I just, I don't know what, what kind of sets he's running. I'm seeing a lot of, um, a lot of stuff from last season that worked well um, in Indiana. He's obviously trying to get away from that. Sabonis is handling the ball a lot less. He's getting less touches. Um, he's obviously he's he's trying to get Brogdon more involved. He's trying to get the wings more involved, which is I suppose is good for the kind of long run. For this season, though, I don't think that's the right movement, especially when you've got the likes of Karis Levert coming back, TJ Warren will be back at some point probably this season, and you know the whole setup it just doesn't fill me with a great deal of confidence. Sabonis is your guy while he's out there. Give him as much of the ball as you can, you know. So, run everything through him. So, do we do we think that the Indiana Pacers is are they are they buying this year or are they selling? And when I oh, say I, selling, I, is are they is there pieces going? Oh yeah, I I think there's there's going to be big trades this season from Indiana. They're going to be looking to build for for the next couple of seasons. I doubt that they you know they try and compete and try and get in the playoffs this season. And um, if they do, I think it's a bad move. 
you know, they've also still got quite a lot of their own picks. Um, with all that kind of trade that went on with um, the Nets and stuff as well, they've got other picks coming from all different areas as well. So just, you know, chill it for a season or two. Let it eventually come. But the way they're they're shaping up, it doesn't fill me a great deal of confidence if this is the, the process that he's going into. Because the guys that he's trying to run these systems, so they don't suit. Yes, what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm looking at the standings right now and you're at the bottom of the totem pole, like right now. Playoffs start today. Like, Pacers are supposed to be there. You're supposed to be in a playing game. You know, we, we look at even, you know, you look at the teams like Milwaukee and Atlanta, they're just on the cusp. But this is going to all change. You know what I mean? But I think, I think we might have, have to create a new segment soon for <laughs> who's buying and who's selling because Indiana look like they're selling some players right now. Oh yeah, so. yeah. Um, next big one. Next big one to talk about. Ty Lue, Clippers. Clippers have won one game so far, and that was off the back of a very, very weird Portland game. Is Ty Lue going to get fired? Is he? Is he on his way out? I wouldn't say so. I think that team has got the ability to get back in the mix. Um, and I know some people would say, "Well, you just kind of threw Indiana underneath the bus. <laughs> There's no Kawhi." I believe the Clippers are playing the glip. They're playing with house money right now. They know that they're going to be able to string some wins together and things like that. Go through the process. They got the right players and things like that. They'll they'll be back up in there. And and I did say this to you. They will be in the playing game. And they're going to be a very dangerous out. You know what I mean? So I think they're just buying their time. We know that it's early. It's the first you know two and a half. Well, no, like three, four weeks into the season and. We just have to wait and see what happens. You know what I mean? I wouldn't push the panic button on the Clippers. These guys. <laughs> Give it time. Yeah. I mean, Paul George is going to be Paul George. Some nights he's going to go, or most nights he's going to go for like 30. And he's going to get you five, six steals, block every now and again, good assist numbers, good rebound numbers. It's the games where he can't get above 20 points. They're the games that they're losing by quite a bit. You know, he had a, he had a game the other night where he scored 14 or something like that. And that's, that's not going to do it. You know, when your star player is not getting above 20, not going to do it. But that's where the Terrence Manns of the world's got to show up, right? That's where the, the, the Reggie Jacksons of the world's got to show up. You know what I mean? The Zubox of the world's got to show up. You know, you, you can't just say, Paul George, hey, play, win us our games, especially in the <laughs> West, especially in the Western Conference. They're in a tough conference. They already as it is. You know, they played Golden State opening night, like, flawlessly but then Steph three three or no it wasn't it wasn't opening night it was a few nights after they yeah. played you know what I mean and it's like threes after threes after threes you know what I mean so you know that they're just missing they're missing their their, their that major piece and when's the timetable of him coming back we don't know how bad that the the ACL was you know he's 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 recording some tracks that's 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 what Kawhi Leonard's up to just now Recording yeah. some tracks, dropping yeah. albums. Dropping albums. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the next coach we're going to have a wee chat about, Emi Yudoka um, from the Celtics. We keep harping on the fact that Celtics literally have no identity. They have no hustle. They show no real grit. Is this on him or is this higher up? I got to point to Danny Ainge. He's, uh, he's always been the man that we have to point the finger at right now. Because he clearly wants to do things on his own timeline. So he doesn't, you know, look what he did with Brad Stevens. You know what I mean? So it's like, what happens now? Okay, Danny Ainge, why don't you come down and coach the team? <laughs> since, since you want to do things your own way, you come down on the sideline and coach the team. It's like Miami. I've always said this. Spolstra may think, we may think he coaches the team. I totally believe Pat Riley's coaching the team from up there. I'm being he's got serious. A, he's I got have, a earpiece. <laughs> I just have a gut feeling that Pat Riley coaches the team. You know what I mean? That whole that whole championship run that they went through, he coaches that team. So if you want to coach a team, coach him up there. there. Or come down because you can't have both. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. know what it is about power. It's like it's like the Jerry Jones effect of football, right? He brings in yes coaches because all they're going to say is yes, yes, yes. They can't make decisions on their own. Can't change yeah. the playbook the way you want to do it. So Danny Ainge, come down and coach. Show us. <laughs> you, were, you, really know. you was an above average <laughs> basketball player in the times I watched him. He's no, he's no Steve Kerr. 
Steve Kerr's got what? However many championships? So Danny Ainge, come down, coach. Show us how it's done. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that one that one's probably not going to really go and develop into anything. I think yeah, he'll, the Celtics will probably be fine. Uh, Euroka will probably be in the job for quite a long time until obviously he gets promoted to you know the the GM's assistant or some craziness title like that. You know, like Brad Stevens got. Um, the next one, this one comes as a bit of a surprise to me anyway. I'm going to have a chat about Willie Green and the Pels. Um, the Pels have, have had a pretty rough start to the season. And again, they've had pretty an easy kind of run. Now, granted, they are missing uh, Zion Wilson, but, you know, they're just, they're just dwindling away. You know, they just don't seem to be able to string any kind of performances together. Another team, another team to sell. And it, it upsets me that, that uh, JV decided, well, he didn't decide it. He got packaged to go shipped over there. I'm going to say this right now on this, on this show. Whoever is a contender, the following teams, Clippers, if you can get it done. Um, I'm just trying to think who else is in the West. Dallas, if you can get it done. Try to go get JV. I think, I think there's, there's room for him. And he serves a, a purpose. If I'm a team right now, I'm calling. What's the asking price? Because I feel like he's such a solid double-double of a night guy. New Orleans is supposed to have an identity, but we don't know if we're ever going to see it. You know, I, I said on a past episode, I said that I think Zion Williamson is, is trending towards Greg Oden conversation very soon. You know what I mean? Um, Brandon Ingram, he could help a series of teams. You know what I mean? I know we I feel like we do a lot of fantasy booking, but it's like if I'm the if I'm Dallas, can I can I try to package a deal to get some players? You know what I mean? You know, I know Mark Cuban's got the got that the, the the money, but there's the assets gonna play out to it. So teams like that are they just feel like they're gonna be at the bottom of the the bottom of the the, the pile, you know? And it's it's an unfortunate to see because they've got some decent players over there that could be oh, yeah. valuable options on on at least 10 basketball teams right now in the NBA that are all full out contenders. Like I'll say this, if I'm the Milwaukee Bucks and I have a shot to get JV to replace Brooke Lopez, you may have just put yourself back at the top of the West. I mean, East, sorry. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah. it's like, come on, like get it together, you know? Yeah, I mean, the the only thing that's that in my mind that's really kind of helping the Pels is the fact that obviously they've got Zion to come back. Um, I don't know if you've seen any of the, the video of Zion warming up the other night, though. That was a uh, was a bit of a shock. He looks you know months away from being totally ready. He was doing line to line sprints, and I think he'd done four of them, and he was he was done. He was out of breath. You know, he was moving like he weighed about four or five hundred pounds. He was just you know not in game shape. I wouldn't even say he wasn't even in, in pre-game shape. You know, he is he is beyond or way before he can get into being in an actual game again for a while. So uh, I have real, real worries about his health. I, we're segueing to there, and I'll say this. I dislike when they overhype players coming into the league, that you put them on this pedestal and they haven't even stepped in the NBA court. But when they do... It's like the pressure bus pipes. And with, with Zion, we see it. It's unfortunate. There's nothing that we can do. It's just he's a product of his environment. You know, it, it goes down to who do you have around you? You know, I don't understand how you get the gift, the go-ahead to play a game that all of us would want to probably most likely want to play. We've played some sort of basketball. And it's not to really just, you know, diminish who he is as a, as a man, but taking the game seriously, you know what I mean? And that's why I feel like we live in this world now where these athletes think about their name and they think their name's just going to get them to where it needs to be. No, it's, it's your ability to play has to get you to where you want to be. And to be overweight, you're coming into these training camps and you're weighing this amount of weight. And you're not like, what are you doing? Is it, is it, is it the lifestyle? You get your first NBA check and now you're living lifestyles of the rich and famous, you know what I mean? And things like that. And you can't be doing that. You really can't. Oh yeah. 
yeah, especially this early on, that is it's not a good look. Not a good look at all. Um, that kind of kind of rounds us up for our look at our third quarter. In our fourth quarter this week, we're going to have a bit of a fancy run-up from last week's picks and then talk about who to look for for this week. So the round-up of last week's picks, um, the two that I kind of highlighted that I would, I would say try and pick them off again, especially for last week's streaming options, Monte Morris um, had a bad start to the week but then had some really, really good performances. He had a season-high in points uh, his, last, his last game of the week end there. Um, nice four rebounds, five assists game with a steal as well. You know, that, that kind of situation in Denver is a nice one to kind of pick up an extra couple of guys here and there uh, every other game because, you know, other than Jokic, there's no real scoring. You know, they, they need someone else to step up. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. can only do so much. And as we've seen, He's come up short from quite a bit um, from, from distance, so they're going to need someone else to step up. Monty's always going to be there, I think. There's, there's a player. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say his name because I know, I know Canada's going to rally behind me from the Raptors, and it's not Mr. Barnes. Delano Banton. Remember this name because I feel like if the Raptors are to make any moves, this kid is the hometown favorite right now. And when he steps on the court, magic is happening. There's just something about him in, in, in Toronto where, and I, I caught a little bit of the game when they were down, with, uh, down to Washington, and he brings this energy. He brings this hype. He has this mystique around him. And the thing is, he just needs this chance to play. And I think he gets a chance to play. Could be interesting to see him, his name being being picked up in uh, free agency. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's got a lot of the same kind of kind of intangibles that OG had when he first came into the league, you know. And that's Nurse is good at developing these guys, and the Toronto whole Toronto staff are good at developing these guys into kind of hidden gems. I mean, look at um, Powell from last season. We didn't think that he was going to amount to very much in terms of how much he could get back for Powell. And they got, obviously, a younger version of Powell, basically. And also, I think they got a couple of picks as well for Powell. So, you know, Toronto's doing well there. Yeah, like, Toronto's got, as much as I'm not a Raptors fan, but I just look at, I I can call real when I see it. You know, are they they going to be championship contenders in the next two years? No. Give them some time. I, I don't even know if they'll even where they can even get to. They can probably be a one-and-done playoff team, but, you know, did that kid's got something special. The, the city's buzzing when he steps on the court, so it's good to see that. And let, let's can we give some respect to Jalen Suggs over there in, 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 <laughs> in, 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 in Orlando? I see my guy, my guy playing, playing some basketball. He should have been a Raptor, though. He should have been a Raptor, but, you know, it's going to be special to see what he can do. You know I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, the the couple of names that I would like you guys to have a think about maybe streaming this week. Um, some big big performances are on the way, I think, from these guys. Uh, Matisse Seibel. Um, if you're needing either steals or blocks or you know the occasional assists, the threes, etc. He's always a nice one to pick up. Josh Giddy had a real good kind of last week there. I think we're going to see more consistency from Giddy this week, mainly for the fact he's got a bit of an easier schedule. Um, and you know he's just he's going from strength to strength. He's almost had a triple double now, and he's you know he's 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 just one that's going to be bubbling away in, in, in Oklahoma. Um, based on the fact that Patrick Williams is now out for the whole pretty much the whole season, might be back for playoffs. Alex Caruso's kind of came up my radar as well as well because they're going to play him. I think more so than any of the other big guys. So they're basically going to go with quite a small lineup. So more touches for Caruso means more time. But he's going to be on court getting steals, getting those alley oops. Um, I th- I like that kind of pick up um, there. And the last one for me, Javel McGee. While he ends out, he is going to be money. You know, he is going to be one that's going to be just feasting on boards, getting dunks, getting put back dunks, getting getting quite a lot of blocks. You know, he, he's he's going to be love, loving life and 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 Phoenix. Yeah, and I have Aiden, like you know, sitting there on my team also too. So. I'm gonna I'm gonna lose, but I feel like I'll pick it up with AD also too, because AD's AD's putting up some serious points right now, which scares me because <laughs> you know he's gonna say, Oh it. brother. <laughs> oh brother. So I gotta figure out, you know what? Trade them while they're hot. 
trading them while they're hot. <laughs> fantasy, I think it's one of the most crookish things to do with fantasy <laughs> is trade the hottest guy at the right time because people buy and they're like, he's hot. But then he just goes coach. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Well, that'll do us for this week, folks. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, and don't forget to check us out on all our socials. Peace, guys. Cool. We are done. You have been listening to Across the Pond NBA podcast. Please follow, rate, and review our podcast and check out atpsports.net to see the guests we have coming up and keep checking back to listen to our latest episodes. Sports Social Podcast Network. New to the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi, this is Nick Hancock, and if you're enjoying this podcast, you might enjoy ours. It's called the Famous Sloping Pitch Podcast, and it's Chris England and myself just having fun and then not having fun talking about football. Try it. 